friend. Should we salute? <laughs> Fold that flag properly, sir. <laughs> my pod people out there. Welcome back. This is, uh, again, not text before calling, even though I've uh, bonoed your feed and inserted myself into it once again. Uh, this is, in fact, politinkering. Um, we had considered calling it, uh, I don't know, man, but um, I can't get that URL, and I own the URL for politinkering, so <laughs> that's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, damn it! <laughs> um, I think the subtitle is always going to be "I don't know, man." Because that makes it make sense. It's uh, it, yeah. I mean, it certainly sums up the show more than uh, more than Politinkering. anything. We aren't doing anything. No, no, we're we, just we have yeah. no power. No, we're just sort of we don't know. Oh wow, you're digging way into the topics already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what the topics are. Uh, anyways, uh, we have a uh, few people with us in studio today, and uh, one person on Skype in studio today. We have uh, again Mr. Sean O'Brien returning. Hello, Hi. Sir. How uh, how have you? Uh, well, have you missed the podcast studios? You're uh, certainly a, a welcome addition. Well, thank you. Right. Y- yes, I have missed it. Yay! And uh, <laughs> over on the other side, we have uh, Mr. Uh, Joseph Bonnier. 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 God, oh, I always so miss. Close. It's like ninety-five percent there. You're, I, you're there. I've, I've known him for years, and it just you <laughs> know. It? He's fifty percent off. Two syllables. Fifty percent off is usually a math. good thing. Though, <laughs> it's so, true. You know. It's a half full, if you will. <laughs> I hate you, goddamn optimist. Um, and uh, across the uh, the vast expanse of the Midwest, or the mountains, or the stu- uh, on the other side of the Mississippi. No, wait, no. Yeah, yeah, other yeah. side. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're somewhere abouts in uh, the Illinois area. We have uh, Mr. Nathan Gavzer. How's it going? You got my name right. I really appreciate that. Spectacular. Oh. It only took me twenty years of knowing you to figure that one out. And I had to verify. There's plenty it. <laughs> that still can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried really hard. Um, but uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. Um, the uh, topic du jour is going to be uh, the government, as always, and the economy. Yay. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> Yay. Um. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I don't know. So, anyways... Um, I guess just uh, starting out uh, right out the gate is uh, is capitalism really the best? Is there a better way to go about it? Is is the um, the progress that we see from capitalism is that worth all of the downfalls of capitalism? Is there any way to improve it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. I mean, wasn't that what the Cold War was fought over? Right? Um, it seems like it's kind of over, right? Didn't capitalism win and prevail as the best system? Well, well uh, I mean, it was a, you know, like an election. There were only two people like America, blind. right? But, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I mean, is there any sort of better way to go about things? Is capitalism inherent to success? Is capitalism inherent to freedom? 
I think it, I mean, it's mixed. It has to be mixed. I don't think it's just capitalism or communism, mm -hmm. right? Like it can't, it can't just be one or the other. Agreed. There, it just can't. Here's, okay. Let me put it this way. <laughs> I was, I'll start this off with a stupid story. When I was like 12, my uncle would take me golfing, right? And we always go early because he wanted to get out before everybody, which obviously speaks worlds anyway already to where yeah. the story's going. It's like five in the morning. I could barely fucking see anything. And all of a sudden he starts this conversation. He goes, Sean, let me ask you a question. I'm like, all right. Because let's say you work in a toothpick factory and you make 10 toothpicks. Now the guy next to you, he only makes four. But at the end of the day, the foreman comes in and he's like, okay, well, you guys made 14 toothpicks. So what he does is he divides it up seven and seven and pays you for seven and him for seven. Is that fair? <laughs> I was like 12 years old. I'm like, no. <laughs> wow. it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> and, and I've never really had a response to it. Mm. But there's worlds of, of topics that that can branch off to. Like it never made sense. I, don't, I didn't have a response because I was fucking 12. Yeah, yeah. But what, what, what could I have said? Let me, <laughs> let me ask you that. That's a deep one for a 12-year-old. Right. Sure. Like, no, it's not fair. I made 10. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. But – then what what happens if the the person that made the the what was it four toothpicks right. to your ten what happens if that person is missing five fingers because they've been working in that factory for so long that they lost their fingers in that factory right so you know well should, what would happen what do you think ought to happen then um yeah I I I, I don't know man um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we should have a drop for that yeah, yeah. totally um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm conflicted as always, you know, I mean, the, the idea that you should get paid for your work and everyone should be contributing to society mm -hmm. is, is certainly um, a, a noble effort or a noble idea, but um, it's not always possible. You know, and what I can contribute is not the same that someone else can contribute. And does that necessarily mean that our contributions are not equally valuable to society? Mm -hmm. Is it just? Is it just to split up the work, though? And now, first of all, is that a correct analogy between communism and capitalism? It's a simplistic version. I think it's pretty good. Though. Yeah, it, it's 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 overly simplified. It's, it's overly simplified, yeah. though. But it is it is apt. I think there's also mm, this brings me to another whole point. And I'm kind. This is you got to figure out where I fall on this. Is that I, you know, how do you view the different occupations? I think mm -hmm. is is the contribution from a garbage man the same as the contribution from a neurosurgeon? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of. Part of the big question of communism. And Certainly. You, and I, I'm curious, where do you guys kind of stand on this as far as, I don't know, it, 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 like, do you think that the salaries are where they should be? Do you think that who should be determining these salaries? Is this kind of a dumping into too much of socialism now? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's a pendulum, though. It's yeah. a pendulum. I mean, it's it's always going to be a, a little bit a little bit skewed one way and then a little bit skewed the other way and a little bit skewed, you know, toward capitalism, a little mm. bit skewed toward, you know— Anarchy and then a little bit skewed toward minimal state. It's just yeah. going to go that way. It, it, it almost always does. It's hard to keep it a balance just because of human nature. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it, uh, communism in theory is wonderful, but it fails to take into account like laziness. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. the, the one guy who's like, wait, I don't have to work, right? Mm -hmm. Like everybody's working. Karl Marx was an optimist. Yeah, That's yeah. clear. Everybody, Everybody's working. Everybody's creating their shit. And then there's one guy who's like, well, I don't. I don't have to work, right? Yeah. This is stupid. You, I, you guys know that, right? Everyone's like, well, holy shit. That's right. We don't have to. And then the whole system crumbles in like a day. And the opposite, of course, is capitalism, where like a couple people just work, work really hard, really hard, and really hard. And then all of a sudden they have everything. And everyone's like, what the fuck just happened there? <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so it's going to be balanced. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you still run into that that societal crumbling with capitalism as well. I mean, of course. You, you, if we didn't, uh, if we weren't so materialistic, we could all just stop working and it, the same effect would essentially happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the idea that uh, we're, we're pitted against each other, I think, is the, the sort of crux of capitalism that keeps it alive. The idea of competition, certainly. Sure. But it is... Is that detrimental in some way as well, though? I mean, is there a point where a society um, hits a, a tipping point where you've built enough upon capitalism that you can then progress into something that is um, maybe more fair? I mean, capitalism at its heart, if we're going to go to a uh, a true broken down version of it, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to eliminate things like monopolies and, mm-hmm. and, you know, complete control. So if we're going to just automatically follow the that uh, the invisible hand theory, then doesn't that just make an all powerful being at the end of some in uh, incalculable amount of time. It's like a Hobbesian sort of thing. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, eventually. True, true laissez-faire economy. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, where are you at? Word. Yeah. So, if at least in our current system, what's happening? At least it seems like the there's an accumulation of wealth. And those that are doing that are doing everything to uh, keep themselves in that position. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so the values that are being placed are on accumulation of wealth. It's not necessarily what contribution you're making to the world is just how much money can you make? Yeah. And that's really what's happening in our current uh, current country. And I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it's working very well because uh, the rich keep getting richer. And it's a, a smaller consolidation of people that have that wealth. So obviously our system can't be working that well. So then the I guess the alternative. So the alternative is to tax them, of course. But Which so we've tried to do, but those are the people that can defend themselves well enough against having <laughs> right. that because they have the money to influence the situation mm-hmm. that keeps them in power and with their money and sure. keeps us from being able to get that money. Sure. So does that bring us back to guns? No. You oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't remember us being there in the first place. You can't join conversations. It's like, remember the one, we were like two weeks ago, we were at the bar and we said this shit. That brings us back there. It doesn't bring us back there. This is last Seth. episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it, no, but, okay, is it just to tax people who have more, more? The progressive tax that we essentially have in the system yes. is, is that is that just also to provide breaks to the less fortunate that kind of thing welfare mm-hmm. yeah, those yeah. Kind of programs. Um, I think the question though is 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 different after the, the housing crisis of two thousand nine mm. eight. I forget which uh, eight. Seven-ish. Eight. Seven, okay, it was eight. Eight. eight I think yeah. But I mean, I think it's a very yeah, different right. conversation before and after this that that point. I think, and some of this tipping point is. And it's funny because obviously they redid Wall Street and that's the whole greed is good thing. And they mm-hmm. redid it, I think, for that housing crisis. I didn't see the new one, by the way. I hear yeah. it's crap. Yeah. But the point is um, – Wolf of Wall did. Street was better. Yeah, for Wall sure. Street was amazing. But I think the, the points being I think maybe maybe the human nature has led us to a point where capitalism is causing more harm than good. I, I don't, and it does need some sort of restructuring. And the question is who who gets to do the regulations and is the U.S. doing it correctly and, you know, maybe Scandinavia or Europe is doing it better. You know, I think we need to kind of break it down country by country and say who's kind of doing it better and 
pick apart whatever they're doing. And is it a system that will like socially Darwin its way into something that is um, mutually beneficial to all participants, or I'd, is it I'd something like that we actually so. have to take control of? Are you asking capitalism? Will yeah, capitalism yeah. eventually? Will the economy? I mean, is is the economy something that we should be regulating and controlling, or is it something that you know should we let it truly be a free market? Should we you know just allow the 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 hand to do what it does? Depends on whether or not you're good. No, I mean, it, yeah, I agree. It does. It kind of depends. I think, uh, and that, and that's kind of what we we elect our government for is to make these regulations. But uh, the problem is they're in bed with you know half of Wall Street and you know whatever you know all these abbreviations I can't think about and all these. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, I I think that. Uh, I don't know if there's a better system. I think I, I wish there was a better answer. And to me, I'm somewhat of a socialist, and I do believe that, you know, Bernie Sanders is actually, and this is not a plug for him, but yeah, I think yeah. he's probably got somewhat of the right answer towards it. Well, I mean, it's the rest of the field is just so down there that uh, yeah. Bernie, you know, just rises to the top, like regardless of how good he actually is, well, he just me, stands out. Let me ask you this, Joe. Why? Sure. Why? Why are you a socialist or why do you consider yourself a socialist? Um, Not you, because why are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm generally an optimist. So that, that Karl okay. Marxian type of thing you talk about, uh, I generally do feel most people will do the right thing if put in the proper situation. Um, I also am one of those people that idealistically believes that the garbage man is as important as the neurosurgeon. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm crazy, but, uh, you know, that's me being a bleeding heart liberal, possibly. Well, the, both of those jobs need to be done. Correct. Uh, yeah, I think, and I, that's how I feel. And I just, you know, and the neurosurgeon can't do his job without the garbage man and vice versa and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we depend on You need a special garbage man because that's biohazard. You're thing, right. Man. That's, that's like a union stuff, thing. And you gotta, brains and Yeah, it's, wow. Nasty. So optimism, I, optimism, and sort of the, the 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 fact that anyone a person's occupation does not necessarily yeah. determine their work. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. There's more of a practical thing though. I, I do genuinely feel that socialism has not really been established properly. I think mm. that our examples of communism, Soviet Union, Cuba, Vietnam, China, these are all you know diver- diversions. They're not the real thing. They've they've been you know taken over by ironically greed and capitalism mm-hmm. to some way. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're true versions of what socialism could be. I think actually a good mix is what kind of and again geez, I'm saying Bernie Sanders again <laughs> is this democratic version of it is our American republicanism with a mix of socialism yeah. and I think it's what we got now. I think it's pretty good. I just we got to fix a few things and then it's going to be slightly better. What are the things we have to fix? I think regulation of Wall Street is something we're working on. It's taken years. Right. Uh, I think that's- We the, had it. Then and then like, yeah. <laughs> But again, it, it doesn't seem like it's honestly doing it. I mean, it seems like people are still suffering and there's a lot of, and the wealth gap, as Nathan was saying, is increasing. So oh, no, uh, I mean, I meant before the deregulation. Like, yeah. We had it before that. And oh, then they yeah. Then it was too, so, yeah, yeah you're right. Of course. With, with, the, with the Bush right. to the, yeah. The Clinton, the Clinton to the and Clinton, all three of them. Yeah, no, all three of them. They're and all douchebags. Yeah, it's a continuation of uh, policies, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's just again, the rich getting richer, so they're the ones with the power, and they're the ones that can influence the decision makers. Well, and, let me go back to the other question, though. Is it? I mean, is it? The real question is: Is it just? Is it okay to tax someone more for their work? Right. Or is that okay? Yeah, is that to, just? Is that is to, that morally right? Yeah, to tax a higher percentage for people that make more, which actually in this country that's not necessarily the way it is. So I mean, you know, if you're talking about just straight up income, yes, the more income that you make in this country, the the higher percentage of tax you're paying on increasingly higher portions of that. Mm-hmm. But 
But the people that we're actually talking about, the like, if you want to get down to the the 1%, those people are not drawing a salary. Those people are making money off of their money. And so that becomes a whole nother tax situation, which is actually much less than any sort of income tax. Your income tax is somewhere around you know, 30%, 40% once you factor in Medicare and Social Security and all of the other things that they tack in there. But when you're talking about capital gains tax, that's essentially in the 10 to 12%. So when you're talking about making money off of your money, when, when you're at that wealth stage, is taxing at a percentage, I mean, is taxing a higher percentage or taxing less than the average citizen? I mean, even... Social Security, you stop at, what is it, 100 grand or 120 grand, something like that. You don't, there is no additional tax on Social Security if you mm -hmm. make more than that. So, the, you know, when they, they talk about rich people getting screwed, but it's, it's, if you're getting screwed, you're not rich. If you're getting screwed, you're still working and you're still making money. And if you stop working, you're not going to survive. Whereas rich is when you have enough money to not work and to live off your money. And those are the people that are not paying the taxes. Those are the people that are paying way less mm -hmm. on the money that they're actually earning. So I, I take guess, that. You mean. <laughs> What's that? So take that. You mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's that's just kind of my point. Like, uh, yes, do, we do sort of have this sort of um, uh, leveled or tiered system, as you call it, but it, it it's not as you would actually think it is. It, it's not as cut and dry as that. It's not a flat tax, certainly. Mm -hmm. So, is there? Is there a tax structure that would be more fair? Is there a way to to go about it so that we are uh, evenly distributing that that um, that burden on society? Mm -hmm. um, Nathan, what do you think? Is there yeah. a better way to do it? <laughs> Solve us. our problems, yep. please. Okay, fix it's it. raining in LA, <laughs> and we don't know how to work things. <laughs> I think we need an infomercial to solve this for us. That can take care of it. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Right right. I'm down. <laughs> uh, no, it it would make sense that if everyone is taxed, um, who was it? Uh, Forbes back in the '90s had right. proposed a flat percentage tax on each each uh, tier, whatever tier you're in. You're still paying your fair share, so to speak, mm -hmm. on that. Um, so I don't know if that, but again, like the point you just brought up is the people that are just making money off of their money aren't actually working to make that money. So how do you, how do you, uh, cover up that loophole, so to speak? Mm. Um, if, if you set, I guess, all tax levels at the same percentage, maybe that would catch it, but still I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get out of that. So there's no way. Please. <laughs> <laughs> they win. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, all, the rich always we're win. All screwed. Yeah. I mean, they usually do. Money, <laughs> That's why they're rich, guys. Yeah, they, they, they never <laughs> win. Rich, yeah, hold on to their money. <laughs> They've got their big money bags and they're just running around and not letting anybody touch them. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you, this kind of brings me to a point I was thinking about, and maybe you guys have touched on it before, is the estate tax mm -hmm. is, is, or the death tax, if yeah, you will. Yeah. I'm kind of curious what you think about that because that's kind of, to me, it's funny because it's almost like almost like an aristocracy of America where we can continue our primogeniture. Not, is it primogeniture? Is that where you pass on to the, to the firstborn male? It's too big of a word for Sorry, me. Sorry, I now. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Five <laughs> syllables, man. Sorry, my bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm throwing, out, throwing out the big SAT. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, it's a you know, continuation of your wealth to your 
your to your kin? Is that or should the government take a piece? I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, we did address this a little bit I, on the last. I episode. remember. I, I listened. I, I right. did pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> just didn't want to leave our listeners out in the lurch there. That's a callback. But, so you must love that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Radio talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, the. I, I am certainly in favor of it. Um, I'm in favor of pretty much stripping rich people of all of their money when they die. Um, <laughs> but wait, my, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. No, I, I mean my my um, sort of sticking point is um, the the sort of marriage thing. So like, if the guy dies, or you know, if one party in this marriage, I gotta watch my pronouns. Um, if one party <laughs> in this marriage is uh, uh, deceased, and then you know what percentage or when does that money go to the other party in the marriage or um when do we actually you know are they one entity or are we considering them two separate entities with their own money and can that person only leave you know it gets really sticky but in general i think we should really limit the amount of money that can transfer from one person to the other um last time we had mentioned a a cap um, the idea of a, a cap is certainly something I do favor, um, whether or not it's a, a million dollars or $20 million or a billion dollars, whatever it ends up being. I do think that there, that is a, a decent stopgap. This goes into sort of a different point. How do you reconcile? You don't really trust the government, right? No, not at all. Right. So how do you reconcile the fact that you don't really want rich people to be overly ridiculously rich mm -hmm. and yet we, we want someone to take care of taking their money how are you able to reconcile those two points? um because i kind of look at everything in a vacuum which i know is not necessarily the best way to go about it but if we're building a utopia i'm thinking about each of these individual points and no, no, sure. so but it, still even in the utopia right how well, well i mean in a utopian society i wouldn't hate the government and oh, I, 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 I would trust the government <laughs> oh so, i see i'm okay. also six feet tall and very good looking i, I am six feet tall i'm oh. just not good looking <laughs> so if we got stranded on island we're like sean just put us in charge it, it, you got us you got us covered yeah You're yeah good. so but I, i've said before i i believe in conspiracy theories because if i was in charge i would be a tyrant and i would be doing those things but <laughs> so not voting for you somehow, no you should not somehow vote you combine john Locke and Hobbes at the same time well yeah the the uh the brainless masses need to be controlled that's without a doubt all right uh, but, <laughs> But take all take all the people's money unless it's mine. <laughs> yes. So I mean that is essentially how I justify it because the in a utopian society or the government that I would like to build, the government would uh, be less entrenched in money as it is. So you know if we're building this system where the uh, the large sums of cash when people die go into the government coffers, first off, that would alleviate a lot of taxes and a lot of burden on the average citizen. So we could, in turn, build a better society, a more shining, gleaming beacon on the hill. But we could also uh, understand or at least take a lot of the incentive out so if we had that much extra cash or we had that ability to control those things, we could publicly fund elections. We could do all of those things that, um, you know, corruption or lead to corruption. We, we could solve a lot of those things because most of those are based on money and greed. Mm -hmm. So if we can take that out of the equation by filling the coffers, then, you know, we, we are, I think, one step closer to a better world. Okay. But 
again. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, this brings me to a kind of thing I wanted to think about was was Star Trek. I'm not I'm not a Trekkie, okay. but I I know that you are star- now. <laughs> damn, damn it! It's fine. It's certainly the biggest nerd in this room. You just brought it up. So. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, they, they don't have money in Star Trek. That's mm. what I know. Uh, and I guess that's kind of an interesting take on the future. In the future, yeah. are we not going to have any money at all, and everyone's just going to do well, things they, out of the goodness of their, their heart? How does their commerce work? It doesn't. <laughs> so I don't. I don't, know. I don't know. The, yeah. Yeah. No, I, no. I'm certainly not a Trekkie either. But uh, I, you are now too. I am. <laughs> you I, know this. I, I watched the uh, the William Shatner documentary on the Netflix there, and um, captains or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so he, basically, they were talking about how um, for next generation, the idea was that it was a society where humans had worked out all their bullshit, essentially. So there wasn't any. Oh, they have the you, answer. They just said like we don't have money. Yeah. They, well, they. There wasn't a need for money because if you needed food, you would just go over to the machine and it would build whatever food you wanted. If you wanted fun, you would go to the holodeck and it would create whatever you wanted. Mm -hmm. So there was no, there was no scarcity of resource. So there was no need for competition. So that, I mean, that's the. So their government, basically, whatever their quote unquote, you know, entity that was, that it was, they were taking care of it for them. Yeah. It it was essentially extremely socialist society where everything was just kind of, yeah, coming together. Okay. Um, not being a Trekkie and that being as much of Star Trek no, as I've watched. That's fine. That's my understanding. Sorry, Joe, I cut you off though. What you were? No, that's, that's, I was actually kind of curious. I, I didn't know that actually. Uh, um, I'd like that idea I, that that it's that we don't have a need for anything that we can get. We technology has solved all of our problems, so we don't have a need for money. Yeah, it's extremely pie in the sky. But apparently, the writers really bitched about it because there was no conflict to write about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just go out. Just yeah. look for things. Find other civilizations. Don't fuck it up, though. Yeah. Exactly. I guess the, the technology is an interesting segue, though. Yeah, I I mean, I if it's going to be like, okay, so the the, the more technology takes us, or, or the further technology takes us, is that a bad thing? In other words, do, can we just start to build things that just do shit for us? Yeah, do we hold I, on to the buggy whip to, because yeah. of the, yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's a great thing until, you know, we get Terminators. Until and, you lose your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> I, I, ironically, there could be robots that do my job very, oh, yeah. very soon, right? Most of my, yeah, yeah capabilities. Pretty sure. I mean, YouTube really does most of my job, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, that is certainly, we, we did uh, address that a bit last time, but that is, that is certainly a looming fear and can our society sustain that when first off between outsourcing and uh all of the tech um and just the general flow of economy we don't really have a whole lot of jobs left you know we have some high-paying creative it jobs or ip jobs and then we have the service industry our manufacturing is almost completely gone. Um, any sort of blue-collar labor is either completely gone or done by immigrants. Not necessarily that that's bad, but it's not feeding into our tax system. So it's not, you know, perpetuating our our, our way of life. Um, so is there is there anything we can do about the the robots taking our jobs? Well, the better question is, will, will I mean, can the robot, will the robots take our jobs or will be, will we eventually just be the things that build robots 
and thus have new jobs. Well, increasingly, I mean, that's that's kind of just been the the trend throughout history is every time a robot comes in, yes, there's one technician, but that right. robot is replacing 30 people. Right. And then, you know, so we're- for, 30 we, Luddites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we lose, breaking them afterwards. Yeah, we lose 29 places for humans to be in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the term human resources is just appalling in this sort of context, you know, when they switch from the <laughs> idea of- That'd be interesting. Uh, well, I mean, you know- <laughs> Just the state your complaint. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the vernacular, the vernacular shift from uh, from personnel to uh, human resources. You know that that just kind of uh, was a, a turning point and a uh, a change in ideology. You know, it used to be managing people. It used to be dealing with people, mm-hmm. but now it's dealing with humans as a resource. So as you would trees or water or oil. You know, you're it's an expendable commodity that just comes in your doors and is flushed out as soon as you find a better way or don't have a need for it. So is there a way our economy can sustain with that mindset, with the idea of profitability increasing every quarter and still, you know, maintaining the the stock price for the, the shareholders? Is, is that a, a feasible way to continue? Nathan. <laughs> Again, we no. turn to you. <laughs> Simply put, yes, sir. No, the not, man in the machine. We're all, yeah, we're all screwed again. No, um, that yeah, and they, like you were talking about, the our economy is based on basically just being able to consume, 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 and keep growing and growing and growing, mm-hmm. and it, it just has to keep growing. And the problem, the short-sightedness of that is because we're losing all our jobs to the robots who are eventually going to take us over and enslave us anyway, mm-hmm. um, is we're going to run out of consumers. And so even though they've gone out to other markets, there's got to be a ceiling because we can't uh, uh, always increasingly be able to buy more and more and more. I right? think I just solved it. Uh-oh. Oh, I think I just we, figured it out. Do you have a drum roll? We can... Yeah. Um... yeah. Oh, no, that didn't work I don't, out. We can just... just uh, <laughs> so, we give the robots money. What the fuck? How does that solve it? You're a cheat. You're a cheat. Money. That is brilliant. Why would they need money? We'd have to give them a desire for things first. Well, yeah. We, we assume that already exists. So, we program them to want food. This no, is, I mean, genius. It, they have their own robot housing crisis. Exactly. Obviously, yeah, oh, I'm joking. Great. But what I'm saying is we need to create more consumers. So, oh. if the only ones that are, you know, making that... Sorry to cut you off. We, make, my, them, uh, we make them consumers, too. <laughs> That's how we figure it out. We yeah, we program the greed into the robot so that they hear some stupid shit like that, and then they just consume, consume, consume. We built a whole new. We literally built a new market for ourselves. I like that. I love this idea. Spectacular. That's a great idea. So what what should the robots want? Oil can. (laughs) They definitely like oil. By the way, it (laughs) fucked me up the first time I realized the Tin Man is a robot. Like oh. a Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. Ah, gotcha. It's like a Tin Man, so it's like yeah. it's supposed to be soft or whatever. But yeah. I, I'm like, that guy's a fucking robot. That's yeah. so thought it was creepy. A, you thought it was shit. a guy covered in tin foil? No, I, no, I just thought he was a Tin Man, like oh. a man made out of tin. Okay. They say, that's what they say. It's not yeah. like she's like, she's like, it's a well, man, a man made out of tin. She's not like, she's always a robot. Is it ever definitively said one way or the other then? I don't know how he could not be a robot. If he's completely made of tin without a heart, how can he be anything but a robot? Well, what is? Uh, he does bef- get a heart. 
Yeah, before robots, there were. He doesn't get a heart. He gets a little fucking clock, and he and the wizard says some like bullshit and makes him think that he has a heart. Another <laughs> level, man. Yeah, he had a heart all along. That was like the whole thing, right? <laughs> no, none of them got anything. Yeah, I, yeah. None of them got what they. Anyway, whatever. We're, I don't know why we're talking about the Wizard of Oz, but uh, actually, the, the Wizard of Oz had a lot to do with the economy. If you really look at it, it's about like silver. Oh and yeah, shit. you're right. That's but, right. It was the, the farmers, right? The yeah, scarecrow yeah, represented yeah. the farmers. The Tin Man represented uh, the I yellow guess, brick road. The, no, the golden the road. Gold, yeah, gold pinned road on the way to the Emerald and, City. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, oh, it's all about economy and drugs. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, poppies <laughs> will make you sleep. Um, but yeah, so getting back to to big business, uh, kind of a, a stretch to the the topic here, but something I wanted to talk about: uh, the idea of subsidies. So, do we keep big businesses alive? Is is there a such thing as too big to fail? And is this a, a valid concept in our society? Does this have validity in the idea of a capitalist society? Is there a, is there a, such a thing as too big to fail? Exactly. Yeah, cool. Joe. I think yes. I think it's it's been uh, unfortunately. I'm not happy about it, but I think it's just true. Uh, the airlines, those kind of things. Uh, GM, I guess, was one of them that they. Said. I mean, Pan Am went down though. Everything was okay when yeah. Pan Am. Yeah, I don't think. It, uh, I mean, that's true. I, I don't Other know. Other people bought the planes cheap. It. it I don't know. know the, I mean, from what I've been told, and again, I, I don't know the answer. I'm just going to flat out say I, yeah. I've been told that we shouldn't have let the airlines crash. The whatever crash as far as their companies, and we shouldn't have let Bad them choice fail. Of words. Right. <laughs> or a good one. Definitely no pun intended. <laughs> so what were the the bad ramifications of letting the airlines? I suppose it would have led to an, a further failure of other airlines mm -hmm. or um, same thing with the banks. I think it was Lehman Brothers mm -hmm. was the one they bailed out. Was that the one? There was no, one before or... that Bear Stearns was bailed no, out. No, Lehman first. Brothers let go. They, I forget which one Bear was. Stearns was bailed out first. This okay. is before the – this is like months before the crisis. And uh -huh. then Lehman Brothers is the one that failed. They let fail. Gotcha. Okay. And because of them letting it fail, that had a ripple effect across the so entire I think economy. that was what I was – that's what I was – they were taking that as like a bellwether. Like that – if that happens to all of them, then it will lead to worse situation is what I – Oh, I, yeah. The so worse, yeah. That, then, then yes, there theoretically we do need to take a step in there and – solve whatever problem there is so unfortunately it's just like a necessary evil yeah i think i think there is such a thing as too big to fail the better question is mm. is there a way to curtail that problem and make it so that that too big to fail is not a possibility so what's your definition of too big to fail what point does a company deserve to be bailed out by the the government what what is the criteria that Oh, that says that you have this horribly poorly run business, mm -hmm. but we are so dependent upon it staying alive that we are going to fund your stupid idea. Well, well it's not. It's not so much should there be a. <laughs> I wonder where you point stand on which, this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much should there be a point at which something's too big to fail. The question yeah. that something becomes too big to fail is if it failing has devastating consequences across the entire economic spectrum for mm -hmm. regular people. In other words, like GE, if GE were to fail, mm -hmm. right, it, millions of jobs would go down. Right. The, the planes would stop. The, you know, then, then there are certain insurance companies that are that are too big. And if they go down, the, the insurance companies themselves or the insurances themselves um, become, I guess, insolvent. I don't even fucking really know. But, but if it th that if it okay, put it this way: if it puts us into like a depression, mm -hmm. then yeah, it's too big to fail. Isn't that inherently the other end of capitalism, though? 
Don't we need those ebbs and flows for capitalism to actually flourish? Let me give you an example. Most people, the the housing market crisis or the mm-hmm. housing market crash, most people say that that was, you know, a travesty and people losing their homes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. First off, the vast majority of the people that lost their homes lost them because they were using their, their homes as cash machines. Mm-hmm. So they were taking out loans that they knew they couldn't afford. Sure. And just because the bank said it was okay, their irresponsibility made it basically across the board okay socially. So at that point, once we drive to the point where we do have that market crash and everyone's bitching and moaning that they lost all their money in their house, isn't that a part of capitalism? It, from my standpoint, the I, I've never been in a position to be able to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And the market crash is something that almost made it feasible. It but, didn't, but right. you know, the, the idea that, you know, housing prices could come down it's, enough where an average person could actually die at home. I mean, here in LA, the story is a little bit different than most other places around right. the country, but we are in a position, especially in LA, where a normal working person has no possibility right, of no. buying a home. No. You know, you're starting at $400,000 for a tiny studio, not even a one bedroom. Right. So it's, it's, you know, a, a ridiculous proposition to sort of keep those things alive to me is I, I don't certainly it's a part of capitalism mm-hmm. the question is is it okay is it okay to let something like I, I'm not suggesting that that or I actually don't think it would be a good thing to let things just fail right but obviously we need to start taking taking steps to making things no longer too big to fail. That's what I mean. So the regulations yeah, yeah. And, and kind of For little, sure. little yes. elements like little like little get, kind yeah. of watershed or little you – know, what are the fucking things in the Titanic you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like so it doesn't get too – Yeah, the watertight yeah. seal leaks. Yeah, 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 seal things. But, but yeah. I don't even know what the fu- – whatever. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I never saw the movie. <laughs> we can start putting those in. We can start putting those in place mm-hmm. over time, right? So at the moment, yes, things are too big to fail. Is that a good thing? Of course not. No. But don't some of the best things come out of failure? Don't d- doesn't sometimes well, like don't things sometimes dinosaur comet? You mean, you mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it produced us, it didn't did. it? You're it right. allowed us to You're flourish. Right. Fair so you can I drive mean, cars and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with dinosaurs never invented no cars. But <laughs> so I mean, is is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. So your your questions. Ask your question again. Um, <laughs> is I'm, it okay to let things? Is it okay? No, I'm saying isn't Will there a, can failure produce Yeah, isn't there a results? benefit from failure? Like, I mean, take, you know, the, the war in Europe. Sure. The war in Europe destroyed most of the infrastructure there, sure. and it all had to be rebuilt, which means that their infrastructure there is newer than the infrastructure we have here, right. which is a good reason why most people from other countries laugh at our internet speeds. They laugh at our, our technical capabilities across this country. <laughs> they laugh, I say. <laughs> they, they, they do. They mock us. They openly but, mock Okay. <laughs> if I can make an argument to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's a greater good question. Mm-hmm. And if to take your example of the war in Europe, it's like, yes, that there is great infrastructure stuff, the Marshall Plan, all this stuff. But we had to lose literally 30 million lives. So right. how many millions of lives could that have, you know, advanced society? Maybe there was one Einstein in there. Maybe You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the point is, I think that the government needs to just simply take into account who is, you know, getting affected worse. And and then it's a numbers issue. It's like a body count. It's like if we, if if this person, if this business fails, then we lose 10 lives. But or I'm sorry, if this business fails, we lose 100. But, you know, if, if we uh, if we don't let it fail, you know, it will save half that or something. But is it but, the government's job to make sure nothing bad ever happens? Yeah. Sometimes. Not, not bad, but catastrophic. And I think that they kind of deemed it as a catastrophic econ- economic event and that that would cause 
so such a hit on our own economy that I guess our growth would go down, all, all this stuff. And again, I'm just kind of speaking from what economists have told me. So yeah. I don't really have, I never run these numbers myself. <laughs> so I feel kind of stupid, just kind of like saying, oh, this is what people have told me. But Well, I, I mean, th that's all we all have to go on. You yeah. know, there's, there's 10 people in the world that actually know what's going on and the rest of us are just guessing based right. on the information the well, media is willing to give us. I mean, what, if not to keep us safe, what mm -hmm. else would the government be there for? To keep us organized. I mean, there's okay. a difference between being a an overbearing uh, sort of micromanaging parent. The seatbelt laws and like kind of paternal, like so in that. Ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the idea that, you know, you can you can try, you know, I mean, just bring like, not that I have any right to talk about parenting, but the the I, there's, you know, kind of two kinds. <laughs> Why don't you have a right? Oh, you have kids? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like marriage. Why don't you have a right to talk hate, about parents? I hate marriage. I hate children. <laughs> I hate exactly. everything about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. But essentially, essentially there's, there's kind of two ways to go about it where you're, you know, either sort of completely overbearing and controlling everything that they're doing, or you're more of like a free way, free range sort of parent and allowing your child to learn from the mistakes. You know, if they get on their bike, you're not holding their hand the whole time. They're going to fall. And after a few falls, they're going to learn to stop falling. So it, right, but what if in this yeah. case, the parent and the child are pretty much the same thing? What if you're crossing the street? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great. Exactly. What if they are crossing the, the street? They cross the street. I don't listen to robots. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you win. You're right. No, there is there is absolutely a point at which the government can get a little bit too paternal, mm -hmm. right? And they can start to to regulate in ways that that. I don't know if they that is they are too. Like I don't want to mm -hmm. go that far, but some people will say that seatbelt laws are kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. Who are you to tell me whether or not I should wear a seatbelt? I shouldn't have to fucking wear a seatbelt. And then there are people who say absolutely. You know, they 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 it is completely their job to keep every little person safe across the board. Um, Why just little people? Because oh. oh, big, no. people, big people. <laughs> oh no, hate big people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nathan, solve everything. Yeah, please <laughs> okay. fix the world. What is well, with, with the seat with the seatbelt thing? If the person I hit with my car isn't wearing a seatbelt and they fly out and, and they die, then I could be held accountable. I may get brought up on manslaughter charges. Where if they're breaking the law by not wearing the seatbelt, I don't know if that still holds. Does it? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I th I, th I don't I, know. I, I, I think you're right, Nathan. I don't yeah, think I, was, it, I don't think it does. Um, I would say so. if they're not wearing if they're not wearing their seatbelt, I'm not sure that 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 you would get. Yeah, I don't think that's your responsibility. responsibility. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But it, it definitely. Um, I think it, it does lessen whatever compensation. Maybe don't because they were they were not irresponsible as far as their own. I don't know this. Okay, I mean, I'm speaking on my ass. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. get in as much trouble. I don't think you'd get legally in as much. I think trouble. it depends on the fault of the driver, that kind of thing. But yeah, it, it's. It, I so think it. it I'm sorry, I was going to say about the laws under the guise of safety that everybody needs to stay safe, but also from a liability standpoint, if that person's breaking the law, me being the responsible seatbelt-wearing person is almost off the hook for that, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, it, I would say so. And then there's sure. the idea that the, that person becomes a projectile at some point, so they are right. inflicting more damage on something what else are, as well. I have a question. What about the argument that that person becomes uh, a, a health liability or Medicare type of cost? Like you, you think about the, the cost of having the entire society without helmets. We have a shitload of bike injuries and head injuries, Certainly. Mm -hmm. and that increases healthcare costs. And but I'm causes... not going to wear a helmet on a bicycle because that's just douchey. So I agree, <laughs> but I would really want the little bell. What if you just Cool, cool helmet though. Just get a cool helmet. There's no such thing as a cool helmet. Yeah, a helmet just says cool. <laughs> cool shot. Yeah. It's skull and, skull and it looks like the Darth Vader helmet. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be kind of cool. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. So that's right. an argument for another problem solved. That's an argument for <laughs> parallel laws. Nice. You mean? Is it? Yeah, I for some. <laughs> Darth Vader helmets. No, I think I think so. So I don't care about the kids. I want to protect the parent. Right. Right. Okay. Sean, take us. So <laughs> taking that a little bit further, um, when we're talking about business and regulation and things like that, um, where do you guys stand on the uh, ever-expanding uh, copyright and patent laws? Um, is that, again, something that the, the government should be protecting? Should we be protecting it as long as we are? Um, is that something that should be left up to the total free market? So regardless, so no copyrights at all, you mean? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, you know, the way it was for a very long time before the patent system came about. And it was, you know, if you had the ability to make this thing, then mm -hmm. you would make that thing and sell that thing. You know, it's not like someone could patent the idea of a chair if you made a chair and someone liked your chair and they could make a chair well they made that chair and sold it so, so like a purely marxist society in a weird way you're saying certainly yeah i mean or you know certainly limiting the um the term limits of your patent or copyright um what is the benefit of that the the benefit of limiting things? Yeah, the benefit of limiting the, the copyright or patent. Okay, so just taking copyright, let's talk about uh, uh, Disney, one of my favorite topics. Mm -hmm. um, if in, I think it was like 98 or 99, somewhere around there, they petitioned the most recent time to extend copyright to, I believe, what it is currently at 90 years after the death of the author. Mm -hmm. So that means that 90 years after you've created something, Whoever owns that copyright, whatever company or whatever entity owns that, can own that in it becomes public domain. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't become public domain for ninety years. No, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, they said can, after that. Yeah, they can sell it, and you know, you can hold on to it for that point. So, I mean, if we take, talk about Disney in that as, a, aspect, uh, that's how Disney became a company. All of their media, all of their primary entities, all of their, you know, flagship cartoons and whatnot are from public domain, from things that were publicly available for way less than 90 years after the, the death of the author. And they built their entire company on it and then turn around and say that no one else can do that because now they own Snow White, well, which was public domain, right. but they made a commercial. Well, let's take it one step at a time. Yeah. Right? You said, you said the, um, it's good to have something in, in public domain because a company like, like Disney can profit off uh, of that. Uh, it's, well, That's public, the, I, I understand public it's domain would mean that they wouldn't be profiting. So if it was public domain. No, 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 they, they're using, they're using, they use the pre-existing story, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, That certainly. they don't have to pay yeah, yeah. for. Okay, copy that. And then yep. they can use that mm -hmm. to make money themselves. Yes, In other words, that's your your primary, your initial argument but for why. But then they slap that. a copyright on it. Exactly. Yeah. I know, that's the second part. Right. Um, what is the benefit of limiting copyright in the first place? And it sounds like what you're saying is more, it, it allows for a freer market. More people can use that intellectual property. Yeah, open or, creativity. I mean, just like, you know, take even remixes. I mean, you know, that's not technically legal, but most people are getting away with it. Sure. But they're not really able to sell things as they would. Sure. And if you remix a song is... 
it, at what point have you put enough creativity in it to to call it yours? Right. You know, and I mean, the same with storytelling. There there aren't any new stories. I mean, anyone that's, you know, studied literature or history, you know, the, the, all stories are pretty much just reconfigurations of, of old stories. Mm-hmm. So at some point, you know, when we're talking about 90 years plus the era after the death of the author, like that's everything that, you know, there, we, we get to a point where there just aren't stories left that are able to be or allowed to be told is that not just a form of censorship is that just not a form of idea control Uh, before we go too far (laughs) Mm. um so again (laughs) limiting copyrights allows other companies to 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 profit right Right. but then the second part you're saying is that the the because of that you it allows for more creativity the problem is once you've created something then how do you profit as an artist Mm -hmm. If there is if there is no copyright at all, wh- how what are you profiting off of? Well, I mean, you're. Uh, and then, are you dis- are you discouraging art in general? By no, not, no, not at all. He's he's the exact opposite. By not having a copyright, though, you're saying that I I there's nothing but, stopping you from photocopying my book and selling it. Is that where you're going? Or, uh, yeah, essentially. Okay. I'm just asking. It's I mean, how what what should you make money off of if the thing you've created is of no, uh, you know, um, individual worth. But that's, that's actually what I meant is for discouraging, like almost, I prefer right, to just like music, I think, is what I'm thinking of. So like, if you make a song and mm-hmm. anyone can download it for free, yeah. which is kind of the case now, right. I mean, is that is that discouraging musicians? Well, I mean, that kind of gets us back to that scarcity of resources. So, you know, when things actually had to be physically manufactured, when you would go to the store and buy a record or buy a CD, you understood that there was a process involved and you understood that there was labor and man hours and uh, machinery involved in producing those things. But now we don't have that scarcity of resources. Once that song is made, once you've put the five minutes into making that song, then there's no other work involved. It gets uploaded and you download it as many times as possible. Thus, doesn't so, that make the copyright more important then? If if there's no other labor involved to pay for right, than the should, idea itself. But why primary. should the copyright last past your lifetime? I, I don't know. I'm just asking if it if mm. if in the first place this copyrights kind of like estate tax thing too. It's about your maybe it's about your kids or your estate. You know, maybe do they mm. deserve some of your credit? Right. But if Okay, I see what you're saying. So intellectually speaking, I mean, once the once the artist yeah. has died mm-hmm. It becomes public domain instantly, you're suggesting. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why Sony killed Michael Jackson. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know you're on microphone, right? (laughs) I've said that many times on uh, text before call. Uh, If they want to come after me, that's fine. They can have my nothing. Um, (laughs) My empire of dirt. Um, But yeah, I mean, is... Sorry, guys. What's that? I was trying to think of the song. Oh, okay. Johnny Cash. Nine, <laughs> Johnny, oh, yeah, it's it. Johnny Cash. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's version. Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, but it's Johnny Cash covering Nine Fuck Inch Nails. Oh, shit. You're right. I, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, this is a great example of copyright. Exactly. Yes. Good wow. point. Bringing it all around. Nathan, when should copyrights stop? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a yes or no question. I yep. can't answer no. question. Multiple choice. Left, no. we've got, so we've got uh, after five, zero. <laughs> 10 years, <laughs> artist's lifetime, or the current, like, 75 to 90 years? No, I, I like the idea of when the artist dies, the, the copyright dies with them, and then it becomes public domain. I think that that's reasonable, because mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the kids will still inherit whatever money the, the parent wants to pass down to them anyway. Yeah, They shouldn't 
making money off of the kid didn't write the song even if they're the inspiration for the song they still shouldn't get money for that beyond what they've already gotten from their parents so that's good for so the artist you, now the question is what if the company what if a company holds a copyright which theoretically can last forever yeah what if what if they hold it what, what happens then then the copyright is never gone because the company some, still exists. Someone oh, i didn't cut you off today i'm sorry no, no okay no. someone created that though right like there somebody is somebody in the company. The, yeah. the company paid for somebody else's and work. See, that, that's There's where a, you know we kind of get into that. Uh, what was it? Citizens United, where a is it? No, no, that was a different no. one. But the one where um, companies are considered a person, or companies are right. you know person. Oh yeah. Okay. So at, at I think that's where it falls apart. I don't think a company should be able to get a copyright. I don't think a company should be able to own a patent. I think it should be a person. That way, it is tied to something. Got it. Okay, that'd be interesting. I think it's a great example of recently. I think it's the Happy Birthday song. Yeah. Happy Birthday yeah. was written by two old women, you know, mm -hmm. whatever from like the 1890s or something. something like and, yep. and then Warner Brothers, I think, bought the copyright. In... No, it was what's his name? It was a guy. It was. Um... I thought Warner eventually did. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was someone Warner else. Warner was the last one that had yeah. it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So whatever. Eventually, Jerry Weintraub. Jerry Weintraub. Oh, okay. That's Very it. Sorry. Famous producer. What, what I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how I know that. Yeah, okay. A, good. Good. Familiar. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. But yeah, birthday song. But yeah, so I mean, it eventually got bought by Warner, I think, mm -hmm. and that's your point: is is a company owning a, yeah, a portion of that, and then eventually, I think now it's public domain. Recently, like this is the past month or so, yeah, right? Exactly. Now we can all sing happy birthday on our podcast and not worry about having to get sued by we Warner. We should do that, actually. I'm still My scared. birthday is on the thirtieth. <laughs> okay, when well, we could. I don't think Sean's gonna yeah. want to sing. Yeah, I'm still. I think the legislation is. What's that? Is Rex Luna going to make an appearance? <laughs> <laughs> that is a deep cut. Um, but so. So, okay. So, so it sounds like you're in the, and we don't, whatever. Go ahead. Where are you what? going? No, what was that? Like I was just literally going to like summarize copyright. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's been summarized. Okay. <laughs> Nathan yeah. squared it away for us. Well, what, what about the patent troll stuff? I mean, I know mm -hmm. me and you else obviously listened to the Adam Carolla podcast, mm -hmm. and he went recently went through this whole thing with, with podcasting, and obviously apropos what we're talking about, yeah. and obviously with the patent trolls. I mean, what, how do you feel about that? Obviously, it's, it's a fucked up system, but yeah. I mean, um, how do we fix it? I don't know. Is there a way? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, the the idea of software patents, I think, is a little bit flawed in general. Mm -hmm. They tried to take a an archaic system and apply it to a new way of thinking and a new technology. I think a copyright would be a more apt solution for programming. So, you know, you I don't think you should be able to patent an idea. Mm -hmm. You should be able to patent a way of accomplishing that. So, you know, like the the whole swipe to unlock thing like that is just, you know, a concept. And to patent that and say that there's no way that anyone else can do that, I think is just arbitrary and ridiculous. But I certainly think that you should be able to copyright the code that you wrote to make that happen. Okay. I see the distinction. So um, the poem is copywritten. The, the paper isn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It is essentially a resource. Ideas are a resource. So that, I mean, th that the patent office is something you think should be in existence and controlled by the government. Um, you, you do think that's something? Um, yeah. I mean, I, yes, patents are helpful. And certainly in this day and age when if you do patent something or if you didn't patent something, a, you know, multi-million dollar conglomerate would just start making whatever it is you thought of. Right. So, I mean, it, today the patent is there and it still does help the, the small guy, but it's not an easy process and it's not an easy thing to do. It's not something that most people would do. 
You know, it, it's even to the point where, you know, most people don't think there's anything left to be invented. You know, I mean, it's it, it's it seems to be an ever shrinking thing. Who thinks that? Um, I certainly <laughs> did as a child. Oh. Um, you know, I mean, that was. <laughs> and then the iPhone came out. Well, <laughs> so cool shit all I mean, the time. It, again, it's though that stone wasn't really new. It was just all you know, it's pretty new. It, but it was still just combinations of things that already existed. So oh, I mean, there, okay. there is that sort of just gradual the remix. Exactly. That yeah. takes us to an interesting point, though. Too. I mean, is the is any individual thing new or is it a, or is it an, is it essentially the property of all the things that came before it and right. everybody who contributes to that so in other words we're constantly standing nobody on the shoulders, shoulders of giants so then nobody owns it nobody owns anything because everything at some point came from something else i mean isn't that the the true utopian idea of knowledge and the idea behind essentially a library the other big part of patents was not only to or at least the initial idea was not only to make it so that someone was safe for 10 years or whatever got enough time to get their product to market mm -hmm. but the the flip side of that is that after 10 years their designs become public mm -hmm. and everyone can build upon those mm -hmm. so it was you know a, a give and a take sort of system where we're we're granting you this for a specific amount of time but after that all bets are off and your shit is to everyone mm -hmm. so I, I think there is a a uh, a lot to be said for that and i think there is um some some merit to that system but it is completely flawed in the way that it is especially applied to uh to software and to technology and intellectual property mm -hmm. i bet all right, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we solved it. Nathan, you didn't solve this. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't need me to solve it. <laughs> Patents. All right, so okay. let's go um, completely off the rails here. And uh, or, I don't know about that. That's stupid. What? I like this. I'm fine. I'm really it's bad at this. God, I'm, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's fine. No, the um, I, I really want. Unless it. the next thing is about patents, then yeah, yeah we fucked up. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going towards a train analogy or something off the rails. Yeah. Oh. I was excited about a pun. No, I'm we not can. that good. We got like man. a moral. Um, no, I was just going to go <laughs> into uh, a more um, personal sort of uh, idea of economy. Ooh, should and we talk to the microphone closer? Oh, yeah, yeah, baby. Let's, about our money. let's get in there and go talk ahead. about tipping. Oh. Let's get tipping. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh this is that's, we should back up yeah. then. I'm actually going to back up with tipping then. Tipping, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to uh, get a general consensus of uh, where we are on the concept of tipping in general. And per percentage wise, just like no, how no. much we tip? Um, sure. If you, I guess it's your tips. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to go there, but well, we, it's America. We have to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the social obligation is one thing, but should that social obligation be there? We are one of the few countries that actually does tip and does do it as regularly and as forced as we are. I mean, the government in a lot of cases is actually taxing people on their hypothetical tips. Um, is is this something that we should be doing? Is this something we should be assuming? Is paying extra on top of service just, or right. or is it should it be socially obligated as it is, or should it just be something that? Or is, should we is just earned? build that into the price of the product? Okay, 
Joe. Um, I, I recently read, I think it was an article about tipping and it was really cool. It was basically about how, it's how you feel about yourself. That's the only thing huh. you tip on. It's not about their service or how they gave yeah. you a, a fly in your soup. Huh. It's all how, it's a projection of yourself. That's and, interesting. How and, you want them to and, perceive and, you. Exactly. And to me, what's I funny, because I'm, I'm Jewish, is I go completely <laughs> opposite. So I over tip right. just to kind of battle the stereotype. <laughs> so I'm way up there, like above 20% range, oh, yeah. even though I'm pretty cheap and I'm very poor right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I like the idea of tipping. And I think it also brings us to the fact that you're right. I think it's built in. So we know that the waitresses are making shit money as opposed. But not in California. But it doesn't yeah, have to be thing. that way. In California, California that's they not the way. Wage. In, yeah, they, in, like, I ha I've had tipping jobs. I, I delivered pizzas for like five years. Mm -hmm. And I lived off of the tips. Right. And, but that was in Illinois when it was okay to pay me less than half the minimum wage right. because mm -hmm. I was making tips. Okay. And when you're, you know, when we're going to call the minimum wage, especially now that the minimum wage is going up to $15 in California. California. Right. I am very disinclined to want to tip when I'm performing a job that makes slightly less or slightly more than fifteen dollars an hour. But you know, I'm I'm definitely not that much higher than that where I would see that being worth it. Right. Especially when I'm going to a well, not that I ever do go to a bar, but if I was to <laughs> buy a beer and be, you know, expected to tip a dollar for him to open that beer for me. That's a oh yeah that's that's a not the not the beer I mean if he mixes a drink you got it I think maybe that's still his job he's but he's still, still getting fifteen dollars an hour to do it he's still gonna tip it I'm sorry what was that sir so he's still you still tip. have to tip on a beer even if they're just handing you a can or a bottle they don't even open it you still have to tip them a dollar. For sure. I don't know why, but it's you just, do. It's just, yeah. yeah. I think we all have to follow these social obligations. Why? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I guess because we don't want to be, and then that's when it goes back to mm -hmm. our, our view of ourselves. We don't want to be looked down upon as the social outcast. And, but, but when you're in Europe, I don't know if you guys have traveled to Europe, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you don't tip because don't that's tip. the deal. You just don't do it. So it's considered rude in a lot of other countries, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Some, yeah. Uh, and, um, I don't know. I kind of like it. it. I, I, I think it's nice. I mean, and you don't get worse service or better service. It's pretty much the same, I think. If anything, I think in America, I'd probably get shittier service. So if it's the same, yeah. why do you do it then? Or why ought we do it? That's the better question. Not, I guess not, I think not, it's why do we? Why ought? Yeah, we? I mean, we're we're socially engineered to 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 tip here. But is it something we should be doing? I don't know. I guess I think it comes from this old school idea of like uh, I don't know why. A bit, like you, you like know, Rat you, Pack. Yeah, exactly. I was actually imagining like Frank Sinatra walking into the Plaza Hotel yeah. and like flipping a silver dollar to the bellboy totally. or something. So absolute gratuity, if maybe, you will. Maybe maybe it makes us feel <laughs> no, like no, I don't know. Yeah. It's maybe it's yeah. a superiority kind of complex. We like giving you know here's a little bit of my money. You know, I don't know. It's like, but yeah, I mean, isn't that the th like I've worked tipping jobs, like I said, and that's kind of what it feels like it, it's it's one step above begging in my opinion you know it's it is like when i was delivering pizzas you know there's there's kind of that move where you if someone doesn't tip you just kind of stand there awkwardly and stare at them like <laughs> is that it, is that something that we should be socially um in favor of you know here i my favorite i tip a fuckload of money and i have none but my favorite part, for some reason, is tipping a shitload of money on something that I paid almost that I you know like a, like a cup of coffee if it's like mm. three three four in the morning and there's nobody in the diner right I'll cup like it's L A like a fucking whatever I'll I'll you know I'll drop a twenty on like 
five dollars. I don't go out much. I don't do much, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just like a random thing like that. And I'll just walk away. And I just and the, what I what I imagine is them getting it, just being like, "Wow, that was really nice." And it just I, I'm. I'm always thinking about making someone else's day better in that capacity. So if, if tipping could be something along those lines, I think it'd be nice, right? If it's just a present, just a gift for someone, and not in a weird or creepy way. Like it doesn't matter who the who the the waiter or waitress is. It, it's just a question of that. That is a great point for tipping is to 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 make someone else's day better. Should it be obligatory? Of course not, because then it makes then it forces you to pay that much more right. in order to make that happen. So if it's not obligatory, no. You know what I mean? That that then each time you do tip, you if you tip at all, you get that instead yeah. of having to tip so much. So do ought you have to tip? No. You you I don't think you you have to. I, mean, I think this goes back to the self thing. I think you like feeling good about tipping someone and, yeah, and making, making it, yeah. their day. But should that be the societal practice? So should everyone be forced to make everyone's day? Yeah. It, no, it, of course and, not. And is, does it lose something? Does it lose meaning? Like if everyone's saying, forced, right. it's like forced to say thank you. Does exactly. That, is that really a, a real thank you? Yeah. Like when right. you're, you, yeah, you're, uh, you're in the grocery Good store point. and you hold exactly. the, hold the door open for a child and the mom starts screaming, say thank you, say thank you, say <laughs> yeah. thank you. Does that thank even, you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's yeah. okay, dude. It's does, fine. Does it matter at that point? Yeah. Kind of uh, empty. Yeah. 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 But it's, well, for the kid, I think it's actually good to get him into the habit of actually having manners, but. Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, that's a different story. Yeah, it's, it's an analogy. Are manners a good Damn thing? It. Yeah. Are manners okay? The glue of society, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> All over that. Yeah, that's a good draw. <laughs> Nathan, please tell us. Are manners okay? <laughs> Are manners okay? Right. For it's children, yes. They're absolutely paramount. Because <laughs> nice. they need some type of structure. I've got a two or no, he's three now. I've got a three year old, and that's all I do is just force manners down his fucking throat all the time. <laughs> Wait. Very so, nice. So kind of related yeah, my, to the I'm sorry? Go ahead. Uh, just kind of related to the uh, the tipping thing, um, getting us back into uh, what what do you think about the minimum wage just in general? So like we said, the the minimum wage just went up to or it is in the process of going up to fifteen dollars an hour here in California, or is it just L.A.? I'm not sure, but um, is, yeah, a couple of things. Well, what do you mean in general? Like, do you mean should there be a minimum wage at all? Or? Should there be? What should okay. it be? How much should it be? What should what it is increase an, over time? Yeah, what, what's an appropriate way to go about it? And what should what should, if there there should be a minimum wage. What should it be? Should it be enough to survive? Mm -hmm. Should it be enough to put you above the poverty line? Should it be enough to make you have a comfortable life? Mm -hmm. is, what is the function? Should it be something that is there for high school students to, you know, be able to pay for college or should it pay for a hamburger after school? Hmm. Okay. Joe. Uh, I think it should pay for, I mean, I can even give you a specifics. I mm -hmm. think like a, like a one bedroom apartment, uh, you know, be able to afford three square meals a day. I think there are basic necessities mm -hmm. that honestly our minimum wage now is not fulfilling. And I think that's simple sure. and, it, and it needs to be raised. And I think it's just it, the fact that it, it should have some sort of a reflection of inflation of the base. I mean, there's got to be some, we have so many formulas and algorithms. There's no way we can't figure out a formula based off this to find a real minimum wage. I don't understand why it's not done, why we're not using computers as as methods here. Yeah. Uh, well, it goes back to the state question in general. Exactly. Who, who who forces companies to pay for them to pay that money? That's the question. The government. 
Right. And is that okay? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I feel. I super feel I, that I agree. But yeah. still, I'm just <laughs> there's, there's no controversy with me. I just totally feel like it's absolutely necessary. That's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. Why so, is it necessary? Uh, well, in other be, words, ev- because, everybody because employers take advantage of employees and it's just been historically the case. And I think we need to fall. The government needs to fall on the side of the employee. Um, and it's, that's re- because it's so easy because the employers have the power and the, the government should be there to help the power less or the less powerful. Or it's to, that simple. To, to regulate the power itself. Correct. I Got mean, it. and that's the way to do it. Um, and obviously we can get specifics and I think 15 is – Okay, I think it's on it's on the right track, but it's not going to be fifteen. I think until like twenty twenty. Yeah, or something like so, that. and yeah, then they yeah. gradually raise it like a quarter or so each year. Yeah, I mean, and I come from I don't know what you guys made in your first job. So my first job, I was a rental store video clerk. Yeah, and, me too. And Blockbuster. I, I was mine was like a, a third party was shittier than Blockbuster. Oh, I got whatever. I got paid five seventy five an hour, and that yeah. was that was Philadelphia. So and that was not wow okay two thousand four something like that, maybe earlier. Yeah. Uh, so that was five seventy five. I don't know what was your guys' uh, first job or in minimum wage. I'm curious. I was I was blockbuster in Jersey, and I don't. I was sixteen, so fucking two thousand or no, god ninety ninety eight something like that. Damn, I'm old. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Anyway, um, I don't. I think it was like eight. Yeah. It was like seven or eight. I think it was seven. Then it went up to eight. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My first job, um, my first like official legitimate job, uh, was at a grocery store bagging groceries. Um, nice. I think it was like somewhere in the neighborhood of five fifty, five seventy five an hour. Um, but the the big dick in the ass was uh, making you join a union. So uh-huh. as a as a the grocery store bagging union that is that is the Chicago way. Uh, everything is, is union out there. Baggers, <laughs> exactly. That's so fantastic. The the first like I I think it was the first three or five paychecks were almost nothing because you had to pay the union initiation fees and then you had to pay for you know all the union stuff on top of that every week. Which as a bagger. Unions don't really do anything for you but take your money. You know, right. if you're there for 20 years, yeah, it, it's certainly going to help you out. But, you know, for a kid getting, you know, a part time job after school, that was a huge, you know, uh, encumbrance upon my income. Uh, Chicago, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Nathan? Uh, I was a dishwasher at Brothers Ribs, and Ooh. thankfully there was no dishwashing union that I had to join. <laughs> <laughs> Individually owned restaurant, but whatever the minimum wage was at the time, which I don't know, five seventy five, I think. Yeah, it sounds about way right. back in the nineties. Yeah, but then, like I said, so I, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I think I got to work like sixteen hours a week at the time because we were in high school, so mm. paychecks were maybe a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. really busted your ass and yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I definitely did not. Right. So, but that, I mean, that begs the question then, like it do, does a high school student deserve the same minimum wage as someone that's been working for 30 years? You know, it, are they at the same level? Like, it, you know, you just got downsized and you're going to apply at McDonald's and a 16 year old kid is going to apply at McDonald's. Are you guys subject to the same if they're doing the same job, yeah, is is should age be taken into consideration? Should ex- I don't think age should, but ex- I think that, I think certain like you know your 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 position in life. In other words, if there's a is if there's a forty year old guy right mm-hmm. who's living off a trust fund and then just joins McDonald's to because he wants to flip burgers like an American Beauty, right? <laughs> and he's just like fuck it, I got all the money in the world, I just want to have fun. Then mm-hmm. there's a sixteen year old kid who needs to support his two young his or her two younger siblings, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, who should make more in that situation, yeah, yeah. right? Most would say certainly the kid, of course, mm -hmm. right? So age doesn't have a part in it. However, the better question is, should what the fuck is that noise? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is a better question. It's just the music in my head. <laughs> the right? kids are upset. They're not getting paid <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> the music in my head is playing again. Um, the better question is, how do you determine somebody's lot in life? And is their lot in life necessarily deserve, make them deserve it of certain things. That brings us back to that other point that it's got two people doing the same job, but they might be yeah. paid differently because one's got two kids, one's single and the 40-year-old is right. Kevin Spacey. Right. Um, Which I guess it is, though, because you're taxed in a certain way. So that's correct. That's but um, I, I want more, I, I'm curious, Son, if you, if you disagree with minimum wage, and I think we need more of a counter argument mm -hmm. here. Is there a, and this is kind of the Carole argument again, like should the shitty jobs be paid shitty because it forces you to move up in the world and think about the next job. So one uh, kind of a side topic and not necessarily answering this question, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I respect your right to ask the question. Yeah. I refuse to answer it. No, I, I respect I, your honesty. <laughs> sure. I hopefully will answer the question. But one thing that is um, always struck me is that we have what we consider to be uh, an open economy and it's based on, you know, shared knowledge and being able to, uh, you know, move money around and do whatever you can. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that is very one-sided is labor um, negotiation. So the fact that people are openly discouraged from talking about how much money they make, and especially within an employer, within one workplace, mm -hmm. that's just something that is not discussed in in society, and or at least in American society. Mm -hmm. And so how can we as worker bees- How can we talk about it if we can't talk about it? Exactly. How, how do we even know what we're worth if we don't know what everyone else is worth? Mm -hmm. The thing about the the sort of flaw with your um, your toothpick analogy is that in America, you don't know that that guy's making as much as you are. Mm -hmm. So you're just under the assumption that you're going to work as hard as you can and you're going to get your money. But there is absolutely no discussion of what it is that we are going to or you know what this job is actually worth other than minimum wage mm -hmm. minimum wage is kind of like that de facto standard of like how much above minimum wage are you working or you know, are you making right you know beyond that it's you know how many millions do you have but that's a whole different echelon so you're redirecting the question at joe and asking what determines a job to be shitty or how do you define a job as shitty what mm. defines a job as shitty uh that's a tough one uh yeah, I, I don't know how to say that because because even if your analogy that you gave before had you as a starter worker, but there was also a 60 year old dude or a 50 year old dude who's in the baggers union who's done it for a year. So mm -hmm. that job right there has crazy range. Uh, so yeah. it, I don't see so you got some apples there. <laughs> Shame something happened to him. Huh? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I think and the other the other counter argument I wanted to bring up was. Does the minimum wage increasing start making our cost of living exactly. increase? And, yeah. and then maybe, you know, your Starbucks coffee costs a dollar more and you're pissed off about that, uh, which I've heard many people make that argument to me personally. Well, okay. And there's been a lot of talk about replacing those people with robots. So McDonald's was looking into it heavily or is looking into it just because everything, you know, at $15 an hour, it is more efficient to just have an ATM take your order rather than a person standing there. And quite honestly, I'd rather deal with that ATM than the person that usually doesn't speak English or I can't understand anyway. Yeah, but that, and, it's just because you're Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate people and I love robots. <laughs> yeah. but <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> Even on the phone? 
What's that? Even on the phone? Oh, God, no. Automated <laughs> answering? Oh, Jesus. That, that is horrible. Human. Yeah. Human. Customer service? <laughs> I, I was a customer service rep. Yeah. Representative. No, really. Representative. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that. Um, that so nice? why is the McDonald's job the poster job for <laughs> mm. a shitty job? I don't get that. What's the matter with the fucking McDonald's job? It's a great question. It's because, it's yeah. It's the biggest. Yeah, it's factory work. It's redundancy. It's repetitiveness, mm -hmm. and it's customer service. Mm -hmm. It's all of the worst parts of the worst jobs combined into one. Mm -hmm. So you know, I I've had a number of customer service jobs, and they are just god awful. Mm -hmm. Dealing with the public from I'm sure you know everyone that's had crappy jobs know how knows how horrible it is mm -hmm. to deal with other human beings. <laughs> like, and so that just taking that, then you're talking about lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're basically the cheapest fast food ubiquitous option. Mm -hmm. So that is going to uh, bring in a specific clientele, making that customer service job even that much more horrendous. So, but is a, is okay. Is a, is a garbage man, mm -hmm. a less shitty job because you don't have to deal with people. They certainly get paid more. But Let's they say they get paid the same. Okay. Is it the shittier job? I would rather be a garbage man than be at McDonald's. Yeah. Do you think most people would? If they got it's, paid it's the same, and if if society knew they got paid the same, I think it's a demographic really? you think so? thing too. I think it's a demographic thing. Age and gender might have a part. Other things like I, I'm, uh, this is. Gonna, I hope this doesn't come off as of sexist. I think less women would be want to be garbage men. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, they'd be garbage women. Be garbage. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think they'd want to be it's garbage men at all. You're literally right. <laughs> I, I don't think Some do. sex change is required. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely correct. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it is a slightly shittier job just because of the, honestly, the dealing with actual garbage. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't so know. So an impasse here. It sounds like was it, was it's a tough one to call. Yeah. I, I, yeah. How, so I don't know, what man. is a shitty uh, job? I, I, know, I think man. it's the other yeah. I don't know, man. We yeah. just end. Uh, <laughs> well, not really. I mean, it's a question, right? And we can, we can start to determine what, what makes a job shitty in and of itself. And of course, mm -hmm. like, and, and this is, this is taking, a, taking the fees aside, right? Because again, we're assuming a minimum wage thing is a question of – we're assuming that the minimum wage is reflecting on the shittiness of the job, mm -hmm. right? And then the better the job, the more you get paid, which by the way seems – Backwards, doesn't it? it? Does, like if the yes. job is better, don't you think it? Do yeah. you think we, I'd be like, fuck that? I'll do this shit for free. Exactly. And if the job is shitty, you pay more for it. Yeah. Um, so, so even right there is a whole topic we can go against, <laughs> but uh, or go with. I don't know the fucking thing. Um, so, I, I guess what I'm saying is, if there is no way to determine whether or not a job is shitty, or if even if a job is shitty, if it is deserved of the minimum wage job, mm -hmm. then how do you determine what people get paid in the first place? Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> there it is. There, you go. Yeah. there it is. Get it, Sean. No, I mean, the, how many, I, I think part of how the way we at least we determine uh, how people are getting paid now is if the job requires little to no skill. I mean, there is some skill going into working at McDonald's, but pretty much anybody can do it. That's why it is paid at the rate it's paid. Yeah. And there isn't much hazard to it with the aside uh, of possibly getting a grease burn or something like that. But you can do that with very little uh, cause uh, to or harm to your health with, aside from eating the food there. Whereas the garbage man, there's a much higher risk of getting sick from what you're working with, getting a finger prick on a needle or something like that. So it makes sense that they should get paid more for what they're doing. In fact, it is a somewhat higher skill 
as, as crazy as that may sound, as opposed to somebody working at McDonald's. So I understand the way that that pay is set up. Uh, outside of that, though, I think I was saying before that it really seems like if you're in a job that can make other people money or just make mass amounts of money, that seems to be the highest pricing that we do in our in our economy. Whereas there are other jobs that we consider to be much more valuable that aren't paid nearly as much. So if you have social workers who are doing the hardest job working with the people that need the most help, they're getting crapped on in terms of pay. Uh, that doesn't seem right to me. I agree. Yeah. So that kind of brings me back to my my earlier question of where do you guys feel or where do you guys um, what do you guys feel on the idea of uh, being open about salaries? Is this something that we should encourage? Is this is this a, a discourse that we should? Uh, it, it, to me, it is something that is fostered by the people in charge. If if they were to. Um, you know, if we were to talk about it, if this was something that was mm -hmm. openly communicated, that would put us at a, a larger advantage in my mind. I, I, am I wrong in my thinking there? Are you, now, is, are you saying across jobs or are you saying within jobs? I'm just saying in general, we should okay, know so what across people jobs, are. Yeah, in yeah. general, across I mean, board. and that goes into like, you know, uh, again, backing back to something I know nothing about, which is raising children. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to your child and you're saying, okay, little Jimmy, you can be anything you want to be, the discussion of how much those jobs make never come up. So, you know, little Jimmy wants well, to be Because little Jimmy can be anything he wants to be, Sean. Exactly. But shouldn't <laughs> he want a job that makes money? No. Should he even be aware of that? Is Should we know that, you know, if you want to be – so when I was a kid, I wanted to be an airline pilot mm -hmm. until I actually did some research and found out how much airline pilots make and how much they have to put into working sure. and how much That's, it costs to get an airline terrible. license before you even do that. And after all of that, it, when I was looking it up in junior high, it was like sixty grand a year, which is, you know, when I looked at all the other jobs that didn't require anywhere near as much training, all of a sudden that didn't seem as – is possible or is reasonable an option, right. you know? So is that some, that well, feels like hidden knowledge still though. Is that something we shouldn't make hidden or we should make unhidden? Well, gadjo. Yeah. I think it should be unhidden. Um, I said for the simple reason that you're right. I think it does fall on the side of the employees. Uh, it brings, and you brought up an interesting point to me as I was thinking about it because I'm, I'm kind of a soccer nerd right now. I, I know that sounds very hipster and I apologize for that. <laughs> but uh, the soccer nerd hipster. The, yeah. Okay. I think that's a hipster thing. The Americans liking soccer. Mm. So anyways, oh, yeah. Whatever. Sure. Uh, the point is this, <laughs> is that uh, in soccer, in MLS, Major League Soccer in America, all of the salaries are transparent. They're actually mm. published in a, a, like a, an actual newsletter and mm -hmm. everyone knows the salaries of every single player. You know, David Beckham, you know, Landon, Do you know, you know, obviously they're both not playing anymore. It was an old reference, but no idea. I know you guys have no idea. What about. <laughs> Anyways, um, but the point is that um, in European soccer, it's still can be considered taboo to talk about, even though we kind of know. And it's, just, you know, because like we have journalists and all that stuff. But the, I don't know. I think it's an interesting distinction that Americans actually have this kind of prioritizing of transparency. And it was also I mean, um, within soccer, not well, obviously, within, within salaries, within salaries. Right. I think we do have a, a yearning for that. And that I think also the the history of trade and uh, trade but unions in general. And isn't that, that common throughout sports, though? Right. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yes, yes, that's true. Absolutely. But I think it's interesting. And to, actors, too. Like in most entertainment you have a, a good uh, sense as far no well, no we don't know yeah, i mean we don't negotiations know are usually pretty quiet we know like you know when the 10 million dollar check right is well, that's what i mean yeah but that that's you know one out you can of check a thousand people 
you can check. You can check. You can check what the union requirements are, but right. you can't check what someone specifically negotiated. So if you're yeah, a star, I guess that's true. but we, we know, how do we know that? How we do know, I know that? Though? Yeah, we yeah, know right. like what Tom Cruise made in the last movie. How do we know that? Does some journalist know some leak or something? Well, no, because when you reach that level, that's part of your marketing. Right, but so, less than that, nobody gives a fuck. Right, right. So like, oh, that guy made fifty thousand on it. Cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And okay. so that just becomes part of your negotiation. Like it was a big deal. Um, I can't remember who was bitching about it, but someone was uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Is that what it was? The, 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 the yeah. yeah, the women weren't making as much on the yeah, same right. movie as the men, and then mm-hmm. they started to yeah. talk about their salaries. Like it was a big deal that he came out and told everyone what he made. Right. Yeah. And so that you know that is the way that the system is designed. Ooh, right. Okay. But that's that is within the job though. This the is the great, question is yeah. oh go ahead. That just brings up a great point about feminism and 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 mm. and, and the whole point about they make whatever seventy something. <laughs> you just lost the you one woman that, that you did. I don't think anyone would have noticed. Whatever. I, I'm sure you have a lot of female listeners. So yeah. 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 The uh, show's called I Don't Know Man. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess it's called Paul Tinkering. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Well, anyways, we're the, sexist. the point That's is that up. We yeah, it's, it's a good idea now, maybe for transparency of salaries to uh, to maybe unmask if there is a gender gap, whatever it is, <laughs> seventy something cents on the dollar. Uh, yeah. You know, it is an argument. So on the whole, it will promote equality. Across the board, if mm-hmm. we if we have a, a more open discourse about it, I would think. But then, are any of us willing to do that? Are any are of us willing, willing to, to talk say about how much money we make? Yeah. What do you mean, right now? Here, yeah, yeah. I, no, I make I'm zero not asking, money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I make nothing. Yeah, yeah I got nothing. <laughs> right. I, I wasn't actually asking you no, to. I, I was just well, hypothetically. Here, so like, here's the better question. But right? It is a rude topic. Well, yeah. And why is it a societally it's societally taboo? I topic. would say it's probably taboo because if the four of us, right, were sitting at a table and a server came over mm-hmm. and was like, uh-huh. what do you guys want? Everybody kind of like cooked and we're like, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to divide this up? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, let's put it evenly. That sounds good. Hey. What do you guys make for money? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Not related to this at all. Totally. But I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. you know. Because I you... had a salad. But... <laughs> I had a salad. You had a steak. And lobster. So we can totally split this, no problem. But it seems like you're making $10 million a year. Mm-hmm. And that sounds a lot. Yeah. Can we have a discussion about that? And then you can just buy us dinner because it makes more sense. So and it, I, that's probably part of it, that it, that it, it, mm-hmm. it creates – a sense of awkwardness the mm-hmm. second now, now again if it's within the same company it's a different it's a different story mm-hmm. because then everybody understands what everybody else's job is and i feel like it might kind of foster a better i, I guess corporate um d- community in a weird way if everybody has a good sense of what people are doing maybe i'm not really sure mm-hmm. so um, maybe um a statistic maybe like an average salary what do you mean an average salary? Instead of knowing each person's individual salary, maybe we know the average salary for this company. Or t- but then that's calculated by the company, and so do we trust that number? And, no. Yeah, Let's yeah. just no. presume we do. Though. I'm just <laughs> I'm throwing out shit here, hoping it sticks. No, I, I it's, guess that's fair. In other words, or, like, like yeah. if, there were, if there were like five different kind of classes you'd be in, and you're yeah. like, you're an A, B, C, or D, that, wait, that's four, C, or E. I mean, <laughs> at least it would help you with whatever negotiation you're doing. You can be like, the average person makes this and this and this. Although we kind of know that, but yeah. we don't know it on a company basis. Yeah, and I mean, as much as I bitch about it, that was kind of one of the very few benefits of having that union at that grocery grocery bagging job I Mm -hmm. had, where money was not even a question. Mm -hmm. Everything was completely scheduled and there was no raise. There was no meritocracy to it at all. So you knew if you were at this job for six months, you made this. And someone that was doing this job for 13 years, they made this. You could look it up on a table and you knew exactly where you stood. Mm -hmm. 
but then that gets to an idea where you're not even fostering your good employees. Right. You're just kind of stuck in this perpetual cycle of, you know, assigning a number based on how long you've been doing the job you're doing. So how can we make it less awkward in a social situation? Nathan. Speaking <laughs> of making things less awkward. <laughs> Tell people if I can get over it, just start talking. No, um, Nice. That's true. It's a good point. So should we all wear a badge with our uh, our salary on it as we walk around? A ranking. Yeah. Well, yeah, because isn't that how we judge people, right? That's, that's yeah. the only thing that matters is how much money do you make? It doesn't matter what you do. It matters how much how much moolie you actually get. It's a very uh, American. No, back in papers to the ceiling. Yeah, no, even even within companies, because I managed hotels for so long, we I actively discouraged all my employees to talk amongst each other about that mm-hmm. because that came from top down anyway. But they it there was a lot of jealousy that would form, and then employees would actually go after other employees. Like this guy's making a dollar more than I am an hour, and they'd actually try to sabotage them. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's part of the reason that we don't. Yeah, it it like they didn't get mad at me; they got mad at the person that was making more money than so them. Weird. And so we have to do that. Yeah, and that that uh, that screwed things up. Where I'd end up having to get rid of somebody on staff, wow, and then okay. anytime somebody found out how much people were making, they'd get pissed off about that. Mm-hmm. But they take it out in the employees, not the employer, which I found extremely interesting. Yeah. Like, why would just come and ask me for more money as opposed to just trying to screw that guy out of? whatever he's making. Yeah. Wow. Totally. Completely aside from, uh, just completely aside from politics. That just reminds me of something that always confounded me, which is, um, uh, extramarital affairs, which is why when a, let's, let's take the heteronormative relationship of a guy and a girl. So (laughs) we'll say that, you know, a guy is married to a woman and then someone else cheats with his wife. Why does he then instinctively go and shoot the guy that cheated rather than go after his wife, who was the one that made the vow to him? I think we know the answer to this. Yeah. <laughs> Do we clear. though? Cause yeah, I, I think it's natural competition. We're we're competitive uh-huh. people, okay. right? Yeah, that's simply. But yeah, I think we're not, we like competing with our peers and beating them. So I, it is on some weird subconscious animalistic level, right? But I mean, like going back to the the hotel workers, like isn't that just such a, a flawed mindset? And I agree. Like, well, I think absolutely. it's disanalogous there. I mean, yeah, but it's, but I think we no? should try to overcome this animalistic, uh, like we do all the other crazy animalistic instincts that go against what we think are right. I mean, isn't that the entire idea of the PC movement, like kind going of. against that stuff and the sort of feminization of everything? PC bro. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, wait, I, I, again, though, why, why do you think that first part is? Because I don't think it's the same. It's not necessarily, uh, an, you know, analogous to Which the co- competitive element. I got lost in my own analogy. The cop, so the, 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 the hotel employee mm-hmm. going after Ooh. to sabotage a fellow employee mm-hmm. when they could just go straight to the employer and ask them for money. Why does that exist as a problem? Right. Or why, why don't they? Why don't they go yeah. straight to the employer? Hey, do you have an, any idea, Nate? I Well, see, I always tried to discourage the talk in the first place. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, I sure. never – I wouldn't bring it up with you. Yeah. So I never really uh, broached the subject much with the employees other than don't talk to each other about your salaries. Yeah, yeah. So I um, – why they would do that, I, I, it still boggles my mind why they do that instead of coming to me because what's the advantage of getting that person fired? Right. Like that I'm going to have to hire another person. That doesn't mean you get a raise because they get fired. It's just straight up yeah. just getting rid of them. There was no benefit to them other than making this person that uh, is making more than them right. be gone. Vengeance. It's probably easy. It's, for jealousy. If I had to guess, it's it's probably just easier to to 
in other words, <clears throat> it's always awkward to talk to your employer, mm. right, or your boss or anything mm-hmm. like that, or ask them for something yeah. or whatever, because it's just it, not only is it awkward, but it's also oddly scary in a mm-hmm. weird way, and you know you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to put yourself out there, yeah. right? So it's easier just to fuck somebody else over in a weird way. Mm. Um, is it morally right? No, a, a way to possibly curtail that. Um, is man, well, it, so it, it it if it comes from the employer in a way, right? So how, how can how can the employer be more pro? And obviously, Nathan, I'm not suggesting you weren't, but how do you make them approachable in that capacity? How do you how do you instill a system in that? Uh, Hence, HR. I yeah, guess. what salary caps for uh, for CEOs? I, I mean, oh, maybe sure. So if if they're on the same level as you, then the conversation or is much like, easier to have. Yeah, I mean, there's there's countries where it's like you know you can make ten times the lowest paid employee right. or whatever. So you discourage the hierarchy within a corporate structure. You mean? Yeah, essentially. Or discourage a a, a, a kind of ridiculous disproportionate yeah. distribution there of income. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. There you go. So okay. I problem solved. So, we right? won. Uh, oh, wait. How did we get <laughs> that, though? What was the fucking point of this? Though? How did no, we get there? What's the point of the show, man? I don't know, man. Exactly. <laughs> Splendiferous.